Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Stephanie Cox. Here are today's top stories. A win for former President Trump today in the DOJ's investigation into the documents seized from his home. A judge grants Trump's request for a special master. President Biden again targeting MAGA Republicans in a Labor Day speech, a day after Trump's first rally since the FBI raid. Could a red wave be coming to New York this fall? A new poll suggests that some Democrats might vote for a Republican in this year's gubernatorial election. A Black Lives Matter executive is accused of stealing $10 million in donations made to the organization. BLM activists are suing him. And the conservative leadership race is over in the UK, and Liz Truss is set to replace Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. Former President Trump's request for a special master has been approved. That's a win for Trump's lawyers in the ongoing DOJ investigation over the documents seized at Mar-a-Lago. A small victory today for the former president. After four days of deliberation, Trump-appointed Judge Eileen Cannon ruled that a special master should be appointed, though a specific person has yet to be named. This means that a third party will now review potentially sensitive documents before the Department of Justice is allowed to use the seized materials for any investigative purpose. The Trump team said during arguments that a special master was needed as a way to ensure independent neutrality in the investigation. They argued that without a special master, they're flying blind because they don't know exactly what documents the Justice Department says it has already reviewed that would be protected by claims of executive privilege or attorney-client privilege. Judge Cannon agreed to appoint the special master, saying Trump is at risk of suffering injury from the government's retention and potential use of privileged materials in the course of a process that thus far has been closed off to him. Part of what influenced her decision was the government filter team's failure to identify all potentially privileged items. Trump and Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene both commented over the weekend on the ongoing investigation. Oh, and I definitely think the upper echelon of the Department of Justice and FBI does not deserve a paycheck. Republicans in the MAGA movement are not the ones trying to undermine our democracy. We are the ones trying to save our democracy. Very simple. Judge Cannon also ordered the Justice Department to stop reviewing the records as part of its criminal investigation. But U.S. intelligence officials are allowed to continue conducting a classification review as well as a national security damage assessment. The DOJ has argued that allowing a special master to review would slow down the investigation. Judge Cannon disagreed and has directed lawyers from both sides to submit a joint filing that includes a list of special master candidates. Talking to swing state voters, President Biden today again targeting what he calls MAGA Republicans. It follows an anti-MAGA primetime speech he gave last week, to which former President Trump responded over the weekend. Giving a Labor Day speech in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, President Biden touts his policies to supporters in the battleground state while taking aim at Republicans. Not a single Republican congressman voted to protect your pensions. Not one. That's as he again targets so-called MAGA Republicans while adding... I want to be very clear up front. Not every Republican is a MAGA Republican. I know because I've been able to work with mainstream Republicans my whole career. But the extreme MAGA Republicans in Congress have chosen to go backwards 
full of anger, violence, hate, and division. The remarks follow a primetime speech last week in which Biden called MAGA Republicans is a threat to this country. Meanwhile, former President Trump denounced Biden's address over the weekend, calling it the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president, vilifying 75 million citizens. Trump added that MAGA Republicans are saving democracy. He also, for the first time in a public address, responded to the FBI raid of his Mar-a-Lago home, calling it shameful. The shameful raid and break-in of my home, Mar-a-Lago, was a travesty of justice that made a mockery of America's laws, traditions, and principles before the entire world. Trump added that he thought the raid would, quote, destroy Biden in the polls. And on Monday night, Biden returns to Pennsylvania for the third time in less than a week. The dueling appearances come as Labor Day marks a traditional start for a busy campaign season ahead of the midterms. New Yorkers are set to vote for their next governor in two months. Might the blue state turn red this year? A new poll shows the race is tight. Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin is challenging Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul in New York's gubernatorial election this November. A poll conducted by Siena College around a month ago showed that Hochul was leading by 53 to 39 percent. But a new poll conducted by the Trafalgar Group released over the weekend shows that it's become a head-to-head -head race. The poll found that around 47 percent would vote for Hochul and 43 percent for Zeldin if the election were held now. Among the people surveyed, around 53 percent said they were Democrats and only around 27 identified as Republicans. Nicholas Giordano is a professor of political science. He says this indicates some Democrats might be voting Republican this year. New York state is a heavily Democrat state, but people are fed up with the conditions of the state. They're fed up with the high taxes. They're fed up with the crime. They're fed up with the roads and the conditions of the roads. And so they've had enough and they're going to speak out with the voting booths. He says New Yorkers went with Democrat governors in the past, but now might be blaming them for the crime and quality of life issues spreading throughout the state. What happens in New York is if it starts bleeding out into the suburbs, which we are starting to see, that's when people start getting angry and upset. And I think that's what we're seeing right now, and that's why the polls are tightening. In a statement sent to NTD, Congressman Zeldin wrote, this latest poll shows that New Yorkers are starting to see who the real Kathy Hochul is, driving the state in the wrong direction. Governor Hochul previously criticized Zeldin for what she called an allegiance to the MAGA agenda and a far-right record on guns and abortion rights. She indicated that New York voters don't agree with that. NTD reached out to the governor's office for comment on the allegations and the new poll, but didn't hear back before broadcast. Reporting by Arian Pastar, NTD News. A Black Lives Matter executive has been accused of stealing $10 million in donations made to the organization. And a group of BLM leaders is suing. NTD's Jason Perry has the story. In a lawsuit filed September 1st, 
Black Lives Matter Grassroots is suing Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation executive Shalomia Bowers and his consulting firm. Bowers is accused of siphoning more than $10 million in fees from BLM donors. So we want to make sure that we distinguish ourselves from them. Melina Abdullah, who is co-founder of the Los Angeles chapter of Black Lives Matter, spoke on Roland Martin's unfiltered daily digital show. And that the Global Network Foundation is in the hands of a highly paid consultant who earned, according to their own reports, I won't say earned, I, I should say given himself contracts, um, according to his own um, reporting, of $2.2 million at the beginning of 2020 alone. Attorneys representing the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation say the allegations against Bowers and his consulting firm are completely false. Jason Perry, NTD News. And earlier today, I spoke with political scientist Dr. Carol Swain for her analysis. Dr. Swain is a distinguished senior fellow for constitutional studies at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. She's also a former professor of political science and law at Vanderbilt University and former associate professor at Princeton University. Dr. Carol Swain, welcome to our show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Now, the head of Black Lives Matter has been accused of illegally siphoning millions in donations from the organization for his own personal use. What's your take on this latest accusation? Well, first of all, he just uh, began his job, I believe, back in April. So he did not lose uh, any time in taking advantage of an opportunity. So it looks like he has his own organizations, his own businesses, and he siphoned money by directing contracts uh, to his businesses. I'm not surprised. I think the Black Lives Matter leaders see those funds as their personal slush fund. And I don't believe the organization was ever about helping uh, everyday Black Americans in the cities. I think it was about enriching themselves and also serving the purposes and goals of white progressives that have advanced their revolutionary ideas. Now, one of BLM's co-founders has previously said that she and another are trained Marxists. Yes. And you've also said that this organization is a Marxist organization that you've said misleads people. Why do you think so? I mean, there's some evidence that uh, uh, that Patrice, as uh, a colors, I believe is her name, that uh, she was actually trained by a man who's dedicated his life to tra training black radicals. And so when she says she's a trained Marxist, it doesn't mean that she went to college and read books about Marxism. It means she actually studied the techniques. And so she's actually utilizing those in her everyday interactions with black people. And that's what Black Lives Matter is about. It's not about uh, helping black people achieve the American dream. It's about a revolution. It's about overthrowing traditional uh, structures and I think we need to uh, understand that we're not uh, interacting with an organization that's set up to do social services, that's set up to change people's lives, that wants America to succeed. No, they don't want America to succeed. They want America to fail. BLM itself says it's fighting for liberation. But you've said that truth and a return to God will help liberate blacks. Could you explain uh, more about that? I would argue that uh, black 
America thrived under all kinds of conditions, and they have been uh, their strongest during those times when they agreed with other Americans about hard work, uh, people pursued the American dream, and the families, there have been studies of this, the families that were more traditional, that even if they were in the inner city that went to churches and uh, and believed, you know, that there was a God and there was purpose and meaning in their lives, those are the ones that thrived even though they were poor and uh, they came out of poverty. They were able to be successful. Black Lives Matter and the social justice warriors today they don't offer hope to black people. They tell them that they're victims. They say all white people are racist. They say that the system is racist. The system has to be overthrown, but they don't have anything to replace it with. All right, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Carol Swain. Thank you. And we have an update. Our show will run now run from 6.30 p.m. till 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at eveningnews at ntd.com. And coming up, the UK Conservative leadership picks Liz Truss to replace Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. How Brits are reacting to the news. And today marks the 50th anniversary of the attack on the Munich Summer Olympic Games. American great Mark Spitz recalls the events. That and more coming up on NTD News. Liz Truss is set to become the UK's next Prime Minister. She'll formally replace Boris Johnson tomorrow after meeting the Queen at Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Here's NTD's Jane Werrell with more. Weeks of campaigns were over the moment Sir Graham Brady announced the results for the Conservative leadership race. Rishi Sunak, 60,399. Liz Truss, 81,326. Therefore, I give notice that Liz Truss is elected as the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party. Liz Truss won 57% of the votes, while Rishi Sunak secured 43%. It's a smaller margin of victory than Boris Johnson's in July 2019, when he beat his rival Jeremy Hunt. Johnson secured 66.4% of the vote. Truss gave this tribute to the outgoing Prime Minister during her speech. You got Brexit done. You crushed Jeremy Corbyn. You rolled out the vaccine and you stood up to Vladimir Putin. You were admired from Kiev to Carlisle. Going forward, she promised to deliver. I will deliver a bold plan to cut taxes and grow our economy. I will deliver on the energy crisis dealing with people's energy bills, but also dealing with the long-term issues we have on energy supply. And I will deliver on the National Health Service. 
Well, finally, after all those hustings, Liz Truss will be crowned as Prime Minister and she will formally take that mantle after meeting the Queen. She has a packed schedule ahead of her and that, of course, includes appointing her new cabinet over the next couple of days and she'll also be facing the leader of the opposition for the first time during Prime Minister's questions on Wednesday. Now, this is really a pinnacle of her career, but she also faces one of the toughest tasks ahead of her and she'll now be trying to appeal not just to Conservative Party members, but to the wider public and the country. Jane Worrell, NGD News, London. Many in Britain say the new leader's top priority should be lowering energy prices and dealing with the cost of living crisis. NTD's Joy Felix with that story. Some Britons said Truss's win was expected, hoping she would provide more support during the cost of living crisis. Personally, I'm sorry that Johnson was ousted in the way that he was. Um, and all of this parliamentary investigation, I think, is going a step too far. But I think she fought a good campaign, and I'm not surprised that she's been voted in. In the North, we really need the help, I think. And she just says she's going to help all that. Like She says she's going to help with energy costs, living costs, and that's what we really need. Gas and electric, get them down. We can't afford it. We're pensioners. We're pensioners. And they want to put our... Uh electricity and gas up another £4,000 per year and we've only a old age pension to manage on so let's hope she can do something about that. Some people are pretty pessimistic about the prospect of a new Prime Minister and a new government. Well, nothing will change. I mean, there's, they've been faffing around for the past month or so where they could have been trying to sort out actually the horrific cost of living and we'll know they will do it after the, after the election. Nothing will change. The future looks quite bleak, I think, at the moment. And I don't think she's the person to really care or do anything positive, really. She seems a bit wishy-washy. Not keen on either of them, to be honest, whoever got in. I preferred Boris. I think she's awful. I think she says the most awful, divisive things, trying to separate people. And I don't think she has empathy or, or care for people. And I also feel like... This is the end of any idea of levelling up, and I think that's a massive shame because places not just in Manchester but in the surrounding area really need, um, really need that. Some Britons said Truss was elected by members of a Conservative Party and doubted if she has a mandate. Well, it's not like we've had any choice in the matter. It's been voted by the Tory politicians, so um, we will. I'm more interested in the result of the general election. So it's all been internal Conservative. We've had no input. They've got no policies. We've been just left hanging high and dry. Um, what's going to happen now? So this nonsense about we need to wait to see what happens once we get into government. The next Prime Minister will face a similar situation as Margaret Thatcher in 1979. A stagnant economy, surging inflation and waves of industrial unrest. Joy Felix, NTD News. The European Union's top diplomat warned today that weapons stocks in the bloc are running low as member countries continue to send arms and ammunition to Ukraine. He also urged EU nations to better coordinate their spending on military material. Military stocks of the most member states has been, I wouldn't say exhausted, but depleted in a high proportion because we have been providing a lot of uh, capacity to the Ukrainians. It has to be refilled. The best way of refilling 
doing that uh, together will be cheaper. At a meeting in the Czech Republic last week, EU defense ministers debated ways to better pool military material and resources, but also to bulk purchase ammunition and weapons like air defense systems, which Ukraine continues to need. Gorel also expressed regret for what he believes was a missed opportunity for the 27-nation bloc to begin training the Ukrainian army, armed forces many months before Russia launched its invasion. At the time, several member countries had requested such an operation. Had the EU responded at the time, Morrell said we would be in a better situation. And now over to sports news. Here's NTD's Dave Martin with today's top stories. Athletes are remembering a tragedy that happened 50 years ago today at the Munich Summer Games. Eight members of a Palestinian militant group invaded the Olympic Village. They killed two members of the Israeli team and held nine more hostage. A day-long standoff ensued with the attackers wanting the release of 200 Palestinians held in Israeli prisons as well as two radicals of a German Red Army faction. American swimmer Mark Spitz recalls the atmosphere as a Jewish athlete leading up to the Olympics. I don't think there was much conversation about being a Jewish athlete before the Olympics started. Um, there certainly wasn't any talk about the fact that Dachau, a concentration camp, was just a few miles away from the swim hall and the track stadium and whatever. I mean, I think this was a big coming out of, of, the, of the modern age at the time to show you know, here we are, um, this is the new Olympics, this is, uh, you know, this is, what, this is where the world is today. Little did anybody know that a week into the Olympic Games this was going to happen. Despite the ongoing tragedy, though, the Games continued throughout the day. Spitz himself set an Olympic record winning seven golds at the Games, each of them in world record time. But fearing he would be a target, he was whisked away from the Olympic Village late that afternoon. We were put in a Mercedes, I remember, in the back seat, and there was like this army blanket, and they put it, they told me to crouch down in the back seat and then put this blanket over me because the press now was looking at any cars that were moving in and out of the village. Spitz was taken to the airport and then flown to a London hotel for the night where a guard stood outside his room. Meanwhile, back in Munich, authorities lured the militants to an airbase where an attempted rescue mission went horribly wrong. At 3 a.m., NBC anchor Jim McKay famously summarized it, saying simply, they're all gone, as the nine hostages, a policeman, and five of the eight criminals were killed. The tragedy finally ended when the three remaining gunmen were captured. And on a lighter note, in baseball, 42-year-old Albert Pujols continues his way up the record books, hitting his 695th career home run on Sunday. The three-time MVP is now just one behind Alex Rodriguez for fourth place all-time. Pujols' shot was a two-run pitch-hit homer that was a difference in St. Louis's 2-0 win. That's all for your sports news today. Back to you, Steph. Thanks, Dave. And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cox.